This episode was brought to you by William Mitchell Audio. In this episode, we talk a lot of shit about celebrity chefs, but I would never talk shit about William Mitchell Audio. Go to WilliamMitchellAudio.com. My guest today is Zach Wilkinson, Chef Zach Wilkinson. Nashville native Zachary Wilkinson has been working in the kitchen since the age of three, peeling shrimp for his grandma's gumbo. Since then, he has grown his career from his first paying job at Mellow Mushroom at age 15 to working as a chef on the set of Terminator Dark Fate for Arnold Schwarzenegger and Lyndall Hamilton. He has worked in a variety of culinary settings, including fine dining, private dinners, special events, and developing restaurant menus. As well as the fact he's a dear friend of mine and we have had a ton of great cookouts when he used to live on my street. And those were some good, good days. What's up, Zach? Oh, man. Thanks for having me. I think this is brilliant. i just so glad to have you on the show, man. And I just want to say I hope you have your education hat on because people listen to this podcast because they like to learn. Knowledge is power, dog. Knowledge is power, man. We all know that. Your brain is like a gun, and you got to fill it up with little knowledge bullets. <laughs> <laughs> I stole that from uh, the Wayans brothers. All right, man. I love knowledge all right. bullets. I'm gonna lie to you, man. I'm gonna hit you with some hard hitting questions, dude. We're gonna get into do it, man. Bring it on. All right, man. <clears throat> First one, dude. Uh, so, if you're a chef, then why are you skinny? So I always get asked that question. There's an old saying, never trust a skinny chef. Uh, I disagree with that entirely. First off, I'm skinny because good jeans, you know, (laughs) tear off my shoulders sort of thing. Um, I can't help it. I've tried my hardest to gain weight. Just can't. just doesn't happen for me. However, the other thing about being a great chef, the best food is the healthiest food. So if you look at Mediterranean cuisine, Indian cuisine, Japanese cuisine, those are all really light in fats. Like it's very grain, protein, and uh, vegetable oriented. And there's not a lot of processed shit that goes in there. So the healthiest people are the skinniest people, to be, be honest. All right. You actually had an answer for that. all right dude let's just get into some uh like some other shit man uh like for education purposes dude who is the best chef ever living or dead my mom your mom really (laughs) damn right dog damn that was a good answer dude i don't i don't have shit to say about that uh, I mean, like, if you come down to a brass tax, what, what was uh, part of my bio where uh, my first job in the kitchen was peeling shrimp from my grandma's gumbo. So actually, to correct myself, my grandma. Okay. <laughs> Tight, dude. <laughs> but, um, I mean, cooking is just a way of life, honestly. It's, you know, I'm the only real professional chef, quote unquote, if you will, in my family. But my whole family cooks really, really well. And that's how I learned to cook. So um, suffice it to say, I think it'd be, I think that uh, 
everyone would have a similar answer as as far as their ancestry goes so what they like to eat and what what they're used to and nobody's macaroni and cheese is as good as my mom's i'll tell you that much yeah i think like a like a person if they were a fake chef they would have just said anthony bourdain because it's like the most popular answer you like are, are you now, say- if, <laughs> I, you know anthony bourdain is and um you know he died on my birthday two years ago that's really sad it sucked, man, because he was one of the few celebrity chefs. He's not even a chef, man. He's a fucking dude that made a killing off of traveling and eating. Yeah, uh, I feel like he's kind of more like <clears throat> maybe like on my level of – or not my, my level, but, you know, like my uh, – like what I would want to do with my life because I love to eat, but I'd rather eat other people's food that they made rather than – like I'd rather do that than make food for other people. <laughs> yeah and don't get me wrong like Anthony Bidet is definitely a chef but yeah. he fucking figured it out and he just traveled and had a great time and like he is definitely and I hate like uh, I don't want to drop any names on the chefs that I don't like <laughs> just oh, to- that's a bummer dude because actually the next question is who is the worst chef ever Guy Fieri get out of town Guy Fieri fuck that guy this dude literally comes up in conversation on this podcast so much. It, it, it bugs me, dude. <laughs> so in episode three, I had a... I didn't listen to that one. Oh, I had a, a health and we- uh, health and wellness episode uh, with Sharon Paletta. And I and so I was trying to think of like someone who was like super into unhealthy shit. Because she's all about like eating right and like Ayurvedic shit and treating your body right. So I asked kind of an insulting question about Guy Fieri, and she literally like kind of schooled me and made me feel like a dick. She's like, "Well, I don't know. Are are you just jealous that Guy Fieri gets to eat hamburgers all day for fucking money, and you don't?" I don't want to eat hamburgers all day. <laughs> I eat like I I'm, I'm a I'm a I'm a basic bitch. Yeah. Well, no, actually, I'm less than um. I don't know. I don't know how to explain it. Like, I don't. I eat red meat like two, three, four times a month. Yeah. For sure. Like, uh, and it's part of like the health conscious kind of idea. Um, I don't like Guy Fieri. I actually, you know what? I heard he's a really great guy in person. He, just, I just can't stand him on TV. He's just, I mean, dude, he just I feel drives like me insane. I don't, and well, I don't like watching those shows anyway. But he, yeah. he especially drives me insane. You know what it was is like it's it's his whole like wearing like the 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 shirts with the flames on them and like the spiky <laughs> hair and the rings and shit. Like I love yeah, I fucking hate this dude. But then uh what happened recently, man, like uh, now there's like all this uh like social chains happening in America and all this cool shit like that I really, really do support. Uh yeah. They were so Guy Fieri's from Columbus, Ohio. Yeah. And there's that. this huge petition in that state to change the name officially from Columbus, Ohio, named after Christopher Columbus, who was like a actually Douche a really bag. bad dude, you know. Like in a piece of shit. Awful and person that killed yeah. a lot of people. Yeah. 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 A big I know about him. And they're trying to change the, the name of Columbus, Ohio to Flavortown. <laughs> <laughs> okay. You know what? I'm for that. I know. That's like, I every, will back that. Since I fucking disrespected day. Guy Fieri on this podcast, I've well, been yeah, like, just yeah. bombarded with him being cool. Well, no, I mean, he's, I've, I've heard, like, uh, and I'll say it again. He, I've heard, I've, I've known a couple of people that have worked with him before in different events. And uh, I've heard he's a really great guy. He's actually really knowledgeable. It's just, and his ter- his actual person isn't what do you see on TV. 
Yeah. Is, that's just a fucking gimmick, you know, yeah. which I respect, you know, make your money do what you got to do. But apparently like what you, what we see on TV, that's not Guy Fieri. And it's probably not even his fucking real name anyway. Like, but he's, uh, but no, I've heard he's really a big philanthropist and, uh, actually a really great dude. Otherwise I just, as far as, uh, um, professional chefs go, I don't know. No, I feel bad. I feel bad for shitting on him now. <laughs> Dude, I, the like, same thing happened to me. I felt bad for shitting on him too. But I will say this about Guy Fieri. Uh, like what he, like his persona or like his uh, his image that he has created. So, you know, I uh, all those time, all those years, I, you know, worked downtown Nashville as a bar back, you know, just like. Oh, the old glory days? Well, it just, yeah, the glory days, man. It reminds me of uh, <laughs> of dudes that would show up from some other state and walk up to me like you know while i'm at work and be like hey man you know where i can score an eight ball you know like they uh they all look like guy fieri yeah yeah <laughs> and yeah. i'm like and first of all i'm at work and get the fuck away from me dude so yeah no uh, i'm i'm on i'm on board with that i mean it's just kind of uh i don't know i don't know how to describe it like i just don't like that tv like the thing that i don't like about i'm gonna take a tangent here uh the thing that i don't like about those certain tv personas is that it kind of glorifies the hard working and you know we worked together like my first one of my first fine dining establishments yeah you know but we get take our asses kicked all night long for minimal pay and like it it, it, those tv shows just kind of glorify um the shit end of the spectrum if you will like um it's easy to be like oh yeah i can cook cool food which i can but at the end of the day nobody knows what it's like to unless you're in the industry to work 90 hours a week over a hot grill and just get yelled at the whole time dude i actually i uh i did want to bring up the fact that i had the pleasure of working in a fine dining kitchen with you uh and and you were like legit at that time. Like you like you were, you know, in that, in that kitchen, I'm going to actually, I'm going to, uh, might bleep out the fact that you said the name of that restaurant. Like they're out of business now because Nashville destroyed everything uh, independent and cool. They should have <laughs> gone out of business years. while we were working there anyway. But, uh, yeah, but, uh, <laughs> I'm going to, I will, I later on, I'm probably going to mention some of the things I did in that kitchen. that are super illegal. So I'm going to just like, make sure that yeah, <laughs> yeah. That people don't know which kitchen, but anyways, we worked in a fine dining kitchen and I mean, I could, so I don't know. I know you might remember one time. So I, I lit a grease fire in that kitchen twice, like a big one. And uh, one time I think you put it out. Uh, the other time I was by myself. Anyway, the whole point is that I was in not the, in the pizza oven. What? In the pizza oven? No. Uh, one time. So they did this thing. Like, you know how, like, uh, I didn't really belong there because I wasn't really a cook and I didn't know what I was doing. And I know that the, the GM probably wanted to fire him. I knew that I know the GM wanted to fire me because he fucking hated me. And I think the head, oh. chef, yeah, the, I think the head chef wanted to fire me too. But like, I got along with everybody, and I also think they didn't want to lose you. And they were worried that if they fired me, you might walk out. So no, I would have. One night they were like, uh, they uh, had me be like the late night guy because I was like bottom of the totem pole basically. And I lit that whole fucking kitchen on fire, dude. And it was a grease <laughs> fire. And I knew I knew you couldn't oh, put, I do put water that. on it. <laughs> I do remember that I was at the bar drinking because you're a late night guy. Yeah, yeah. The, the and I ran over and fucking helped me put I was it like, out. 
dude, I was like, oh, this whole fucking building's going to burn down, dude. Holy shit. I didn't know I what to do. And luckily, the, the dude that was the dishwasher at the time had been in a lot of kitchens and knew how to fucking put out a grease fire because I was like, fuck, 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 fuck. <laughs> I was like throwing pots and pans at it and shit. Because <laughs> that's going to do something. Well, I remember like all, all anybody had told me was like, don't use uh, water to put out a grease fire. No, I knew. Don't like, do no one told me like what else to do. And there was like no fire extinguisher. That place is probably like not up to code. <laughs> uh, Dude, were you there on New Year's Eve when we got a hundred? What do you mean? Oh, uh, no, I man. I, think so, I, was, I, I wasn't there very long, so. dude. Like, I think I, you were I think gone. The only thing that happened was so I think you had just got back from California. And yeah. no, I just got out of jail. All right. <laughs> <laughs> so you had um, just gotten out of jail and you needed a job. <laughs> and I had gotten hired there not because uh I knew how to cook or I had ever even had a job in a kitchen before, but just because a bunch of my homies worked in the kitchen and they told the chef to hire me. And then uh luckily I got you hired r- immediately after that. And basically, you had my back the entire time and made it where, like, I didn't get fired. Like, and I needed a job at that time. And it was, <laughs> I'll be like, I'll be like, hey, Zach, man, how do you, <laughs> like, what's the dumbest shit I would probably ever ask you? I don't know. Uh, but I will say uh, this, man, what we used to do, how many, we used to go, how uh, many quarts are in a gallon, I think? <laughs> how many quarts are in a gallon? <laughs> I remember uh, we would take the filet mignon out of the uh, freezer the cooler and put it in the grinder and make hamburgers. <laughs> Oh yeah, the place had, like because they had us come in like in the middle of the day before like because it was fine dining so like they didn't kitchen didn't even open till five, so we'd have like five yeah. hours to dick around and like grind filet mignon into hamburgers and whatever. Yeah, balling dog. So New Year's Eve, I think you had already quit or gone or whatever. But um, New Year's Eve, um, I want to say what. 2013 2014 something like that um no maybe it was yeah it was like 2013 2014 i want to say and um we uh we got uh, the health inspector came at 7 30 on new year's eve service Ooh, and we a got a hundred we got a hundred there is no fucking way in hell that place should ever got a did they 100. pay him for that so the owner's wife is the mayor's sister. Oh, so no. Because I remember one time the health inspector was there, and my job was to try and like scare the rats away from the health inspector. <laughs> <laughs> and what's funny is that <clears throat> people would go in there and drop like, I mean, like people would go in there on a date, like a one, like dude, two, two people, and drop five hundred dollars in that place. And I mean, it was insane. Our fucking six ounce rib or our six ounce fillet there was like fucking forty two dollars or some shit. Yeah. And then they had eight ounce and ten ounce and then ribeyes and other shit. Like, yeah, you could rack up a solid bill there. Um, I mean, my main job there was uh, so I I worked the the brick oven or whatever. Yeah, you're the pizza so, guy. That was pizza guy. Yeah. And my main <laughs> job was to make lobster pizzas, which were disgusting, dude. But uh, yeah, they made me. <laughs> Sick. I didn't even like the smell of them. Dude, I don't know what they lobster. cost, dude. I would like I'd go in there and then make like once uh service started, I'd make like fifty lobster pizzas, and I was like, people are just throwing their money down the drain on this disgusting. It was like instead of a 
uh, pizza sauce. It was like mayonnaise or something. Yeah, no, what was it? It was, uh, it was like anchovy aioli or some bullshit. Yeah, dude, I don't, man. I Whatever sucked was, so bad at that job. No, it was garlic aioli <laughs> with anchovy paste in it. I remember, I remember uh, dude. <laughs> uh, <laughs> this happened so many times. Like, so I, I like, so the pizza dude was kind of separate from all the real cooks. They had me like, yeah. kinda, like off to the side, and you guys saw me through a little window. And <laughs> I went into that job hungover as shit one day, and it was like the busiest night of like ever. And every like for some reason, every single table that came in ordered like ten lobster pizzas a piece. <laughs> and uh, I think this is important because like you know a lot of people have never worked in a kitchen, and this is some shit like you gotta like like it's like a high pressure environment for like kind of shitty money. Yeah, um, absolutely shitty money. I had two jobs at the time, so I worked at a gym, and I was making thirty yeah, bucks I remember an hour that, at the gym. Yeah. But I like, you know, only had so many hours I could work there and I needed more money. So I had to have another job. So I was mm-hmm. in this kitchen making fucking chicken scratch. And uh, that was when I knew that's when I learned that the uh, GM and the head chef really wanted to fire me, but wouldn't because I got along with everyone and also they didn't want to lose you. <laughs> oh, hey, no, yeah. man, we got so off track because I actually wanted to get back to this, uh, <laughs> okay, yeah, this we other uh, TV chef shit. Because I wanted to TV ask you this, man, this, this is a question, and I think a lot of people uh, want to know it, man. And as a chef, and you've been in a lot of kitchens and a lot of environments, and you probably dealt with some really asshole people. Mm-hmm. Do you think Gordon Ramsay is ever going to mouth off to the wrong person and get his ass kicked? Dude, I'm surprised he hasn't already. <laughs> Honestly. Uh, the only reason he hasn't gotten that, his ass kicked yet is, again, that TV pers- persona thing, like, People sign a waiver. It's like, okay, I'm signing my life away. Um, I used to not like Gordon Ramsay, but I actually like him now. Have you watched the um, – have you ever seen the – again, I'm not a big fan of the TV shows, chef's shit, but uh, what's the uh, Master Chef Junior? Is that what it's called? Yeah, um, I've seen bits. It's where he's real nice to kids. He doesn't do that to yeah, he's Yeah, he's real cool with the kids. Um but uh, if I ever worked with him in a kitchen, if anybody, not even him, if anybody came at me like he fucking came at people that you see on Hell's Kitchen or some shit, I would fucking slap him in a second and lose my job. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it's just not how you talk to people. Uh, Thomas Keller, actually, you know who Thomas Keller is? I don't. Uh, Thomas Keller is like one of the most famous chefs in America, French Laundry, out down in Southern California. Um, and he is a big name. And he actually put out a letter about, I want to say about three or four years ago, he put out a letter apologizing for the militant chef um, my mind frame that he put off or what's the persona that he had for the longest time. Oh, because, yeah. you know, it's like how was it? Oh, maybe want to beep that out too. Um, at the aforementioned place that we worked together. Oh, yeah, I should beep that out. My bad. Um, but it's, it's just like uh, my old chef at another restaurant before was where he actually threw flaming hot pans at me for something that wasn't my fault. And it's just like the militant, like, you're a piece of shit because you didn't do this right. No, it's not how you fucking talk to people. It's just yeah. not cool. I think that's something we can take into life in general. Um, just the way we treat people. And at the restaurant that I ran for a long time, I had um, I had a crew that I built 
the person that had been there the least amount of time was about six, seven months. And it was a solid crew. It was the first time that that restaurant had been fully staffed the entire five years that I worked there. So the last year of it, um, I got that crew solid. And the reason why is because I treated them with respect. I paid them what they were worth, give them raises when they needed it. And then after I left, you know what happened? Fell apart. The whole, the whole crew left. Yeah. Two people stayed. And the two people that stayed were the ones that took over the chef de cuisine and sous chef position. You know, there's a, there's a, a belief I have, and I, I think it's totally true, is that uh, you could have, like, one of the coolest jobs in the world, but if you have a piece of shit for a boss, it's not fun and it's not cool and it ruins the job. And you could even have, and you can have one of the wackest bullshit ass jobs. But if, you know, if you have a boss who's cool as shit, they can make it fun. They can make it worth your while and uh, motivate you to do your job. Even if you don't want to, you know, even if you have aspirations to be doing something better, you know? Well, and that, that, that being said, the person will motivate you. Um, Cause several of the line cooks that I worked with as a chef are, in, especially in Nashville are musicians. Yeah. And I'm like, I would go out of my way and try to schedule things around for them to be able to go on tour, play their shows. And still, just because I appreciated them as much as they appreciated me doing that. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Um, I'm, uh, there's several times that I've worked somebody's shifts just so that they could go play a show because I, and I would encourage them, yeah, get the fuck out of the kitchen and go do what you want to do. Yeah. Just because this is what I want to do, I'm not expecting you to pour your heart and soul into it. Yeah, for right? sure, man. But, you know, I I also appreciate hardworking people. Yeah. Well, that's also the thing is like uh, <clears throat> that motivation, man. It's like I'd rather work hard for someone that appreciates me, you know? Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't know. It all The same thing with like that whole like militant chef shit. Like, dude, it's like. It's for the birds. It's nuts, man. It's stupid. Stupid, dude. Hold up. It's time for an ad. Guess what's up, food lovers? The Food Channel has an exciting new show coming this season. Diners, drive-thrus, and drugs with Dude Flamey. Hey, I'm Dude Flamey, and I can't wait to hit the road and eat and get high. Hey, we're in St. Louis, Missouri, trying to score an eight ball in a giant cheeseburger. Hi, can I take your order? Yeah, what's up? Let me get a giant cheeseburger. And do you also know where I can score some Coke? Yeah, uh, a what? What? Hey, what's up? We're in Bakersfield, California. Um, can I help you? Yeah, man, we're trying to find some deep fried land crab. And I'm also trying to go skiing, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Next window, please. Hey, we're in Tucson, Arizona. We're in Ann Arbor, Michigan. Cheeseburgers, drugs, Ed Hardy. Hot Topic, eat, eat, eat. Dude Flamey. Check out diners, drive throughs and drugs with Dude Flamey on the Food Channel. Okay, that sounds like a really fun show, and I'm going to check it out, and I hope you do too. Now back to the interview. All right, man, so we got off on a super tangent talking about uh, <laughs> the old days back before you were like a, you know, before you'd ever been a head chef or done a lot of the shit. Uh, just, but, you know, it's fun to go stroll down memory lane. 
absolutely. Yeah, I'm gonna ask some more questions, man, just for uh like about like uh actual like chef work and being a cook and being like a you know doing what you do. Uh here's here's one. It's uh there's actually a question from one of the listeners. So uh, I think people probably want to hear this. Uh <clears throat> Is there an herb or spice that people should keep in the kitchen that you use a lot that's kind of like a secret ingredient? Mm, yes, absolutely. I've got three answers for that. Cool. One, um, one of my favorite spice blends is Ra's El Hanout, and it's spelled R-A-S space E-L space H-A-N-U-T. And that means best, it's a Moroccan spice. And it means, it literally means best in house or best of house, I think. Um, and so in Morocco and a lot of, I think it's pretty uh, Middle Eastern as well. Kind of spent stems from Morocco to Tunisia all the way up to the Middle East. Uh, I think Middle East uses it too. Anyway, um, every household has their own spice blend kind of. But there is like a base recipe with like, and it's basically, it's like 13 different spices and it makes like a really cool um, flavor profile. So that would be one I would suggest everyone has in their kitchen at all times. What would you use that in? Is that like for like, you could use it to season fish, meat, veggies, you can use it for everything. Okay, cool. And uh, can you like spell it again? Because it's kind of a, I've never heard about it. It's Raz El Hanout. Okay. R A S E L H A N U T. All right, dude. You heard it here first. People get some Raz El Hanout. All right. So Raz El Hanout. I'm pretty sure like, stupid places like Trader Joe's sell it too. Like it's already pre formed spice bread. For sure. The other thing, the next thing I'll say <laughs> is um, there are two more that are just uh, cure alls basically, and that's turmeric and nigella seed. Nigella is spelled N-I-G-E-L-L-A, and it's got a really rosy, kind of rose aromatic smell slash flavor, but both turmeric and nigella seeds are kind of cure-alls. Both are really good for cardiovascular uh, function, and nigella seed is especially effective. I might get that backwards i might need to do some research i should have done some well, research. i definitely i, de- uh, I definitely they're know both about, really good for you i know about turmeric because it's like a, it's like a health it's like a health nut thing you know like they actually make like mm-hmm. turmeric like pills or whatever but i haven't heard about the second the, the or the other one nigella seed so um i think where i'm getting confused on my own i'm pretty sure turmeric is more so cardiovascular and like yeah it's like anti-inflammatory anti-inflammatory yes and but nigella seed is actually almost uh like uh you like know omega fatty acids like omega-3 fatty acids so it's it's kind of like um it has the same cardiovascular qualities but it's also good for brain function um and it kind of is overall it's more i think it's mostly used in mediterranean or uh uh what's it uh yeah mostly mediterranean cuisine especially in middle eastern like uh my buddy harant is uh he's the one who turned me on to it and he's armenian and so oh, cool. he, uses, he uses a lot of his family's food yeah actually a lot of people don't know that uh 
Isn't uh, turmeric the thing that makes uh, mustard yellow? Um, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, mustard makes mustard yellow. Oh, man. <laughs> All right, another... Uh... <laughs> I'm pretty sure I could be wrong, Greg. I mean, let's do some research on I this. I think but. I think turmeric is in mustard, man. But I don't know if that's no, why mustard, I don't, I don't know if that's must- why it's yellow. I know it makes mustard sense. seeds are yellow, dude. But it, but curry. I don't know, man. Come on, you're the chef, dude. <laughs> uh, curry, curry, just, yes, turmeric and curry for sure. Well, cur- that's why curry's yellow. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, but someone is sitting at home right now being like, you motherfuckers. <laughs> <laughs> someone is at home who like who just getting... like, loves uh, turmeric and they're just like, you fucking idiots. It's <laughs> Yeah, I'm getting judged so hard right now. <laughs> That's all right, man, because they probably can't do what I'm about to ask. Uh, what's the most delicious thing you know how to make and how do you make it? Oh, man, I hate that question. Oh, I'm sorry, man. Well, how about um, what is no? But I, I actually, I do, I do have an answer for you. Okay. So I'm gonna preface it with this, though. It's like, what do you say when someone asks you who your favorite band is? Um. Well, obviously, uh, Dave Matthews Band. <laughs> <laughs> No offense to the Dave Matthews people, man. (laughs) But, you know, that's a hard question to answer, especially you're music-oriented, like... Yeah. It depends on my mood. Man, man, shit. So... Yeah, what's my favorite thing to cook? It's like asking that question, you know what I mean? Oh, uh, I mean, like, but what is... Okay, you're right. Fine. You feel me? And that's going... My father played on the Opry for 15 years, so I know music, dog. Grew up on the Coltrane and... Anyway, how about I rephrase it? <clears throat> okay. If you were to ask me, what is one of the bands in my top 20 favorite bands? I'd be able to answer that question pretty easily. <laughs> Duh. So what is one of the top <laughs> 20 in the top 20 most delicious things you know how to make? And how do you make it? All right. So one of uh, my... One of the favorite dishes that I came up with was a uh, sweet potato jerk gnocchi. So basically, you know gnocchi is, right? Yeah, dude. Isn't that like potatoes? Uh, like an it's Italian potato, potatoes? Like kind of potato dumplings. Yeah. Uh, um, like a white there's sauce? Pari- there's Parisian and Italian. And um, Parisian is usually a little lighter than the Italian. Anyway, so point of story is I make a sweet potato jerk spice gnocchi Don't. jerk coming from caribbean right so it's caribbean spice if you will uh sweet potato gnocchi and i make that into like good little dumpling size probably about quarter size dumplings you know and then i did that with a pineapple rum sauce and then uh, a seared piece of corvina and, well, whatever fish you want, basically. Like, white fish is white fish as far as I'm concerned. I'm not a big fish fan, honestly. I was, um, was going to say, man, uh, I don't like fish myself. Is there, like, a way you can do it without fish? Yeah, you can absolutely do it without fish. Um, I've, I'd fucking do it with a piece of venison, even. Or, like, yeah. a, you know, a piece of goat. 
Jamaicans love goat. Uh, oh, and also for all the vegans out there, you can do it with. Uh, actually, the beautiful thing about that is the whole dish is vegan except for the piece of meat. Oh, cool. So just like throw whatever protein you want on there. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right. So like, how do you, how do you make a, a, a gnocchi, man? All right. So you want to roast your sweet potatoes for about probably, I don't know, an hour or so. 350, let's say 350 for uh, about an hour and a half. Basically like you're making baked potatoes. All right. Is it to make it mushy? And, but a little bit more, a little bit further so they're mushy. Yeah. And then you want to peel the skins off and um, then you want to let them cool. Let the sweet potatoes cool. And then you would throw it into a big, well, if you're in an industrial kitchen, you throw them into your big ass mixer, um, paddle them up, you know, use the paddle to whip them up, whip the potatoes up with flour. And um, well, so this is where you can make it, you can decide if you want to make it vegan or not. You can either, either use cream or almond milk. Cool. Um, and then if you're, got, if you're vegan with a nut allergy, you could even use uh, shit, I don't know. Does coconut milk give people allergies? Yeah, yeah, coconut milk's straight. It's not actual nut. Yeah, you could use coconut milk, but it might, no, that should work. I never try it with that, but I'm going to next time. But then you have your jerk seasoning, you know, your spices, and whip it up. And then the best way that I've found to do it, and this is a cheap method, this is not the proper way to make gnocchi, but it's way easier. Put it in a piping bag over a boiling pot of water, and you take your piping bag and you squeeze it with a pair of scissors and to about the about maybe a thumb notch, half your thumb size. Okay. Inch long, maybe. No, uh, and snippets. And once it once it falls in the water, what'll happen is the uh, um, raw dough will f- fall down and in deep into the water. And then once it floats to the top, you scoop it out with a, a strainer, and then you lay it out. And you want to pour some olive oil or something, canola oil or something, over over it when you pour, pull it out and let it cool so it doesn't stick together. And then um, you just do that until you have your gnocchi process, I guess. And then the pineapple rum sauce, mm-hmm. you would want to do flash to order. So what I would do is uh, uh, take another, this is another point where you can be vegan or not. I like to use brown butter to bring the gnocchi back up and get a good crust on it. But you can also use like canola oil or olive oil if you like. And um um, or grapeseed, actually grapeseed oil would be really good for that. You get a good crust on it, and then you deglaze the gnocchi with um, the rum, let it cook down a little bit, and then deglaze it again with pineapple juice, and let it reduce a little bit, and then the finishing touch is usually a little salt and pepper, and then fresh oregano makes it wonderful. Man, that sounds so good. So, all right. <clears throat> Everyone out there, that's how you can make some gnocchi the right way and if you want you can kill an innocent little deer in the woods <laughs> strip its meat off its bones like a fucking asshole and throw it on top of that and it's even better <laughs> yeah for uh i'm so glad you're on episode 10 man this is like uh this podcast is like it's been around for like, long enough to have an episode 10 dude and i think episode two uh i had jen cooley and she is a bow hunter 
yeah, yeah listen to that one yeah yeah so she like uh she was talking about like they eat squirrels and all kinds of shit that i don't know Dude, squirrels great well she, yeah she said what like i should come over sometime and eat uh eat some of that <laughs> i don't know some of those animals that you don't normally eat so i got a, i got a good story about that okay all right all right let me uh i know you probably got more questions but real quick i'll tell you i do so um my mentor chef that basically taught me everything i know her name is deb paquette shout out to her she's amazing wonderful human being what's her name deb? deb paquette deb paquette yeah and she's the uh one that behind the restaurant etch yeah that's where I, yeah that's where i worked with her and she was my mentor for a long time and anyway so funny story was her husband works and has a garden at their house right and he, he has an awesome garden bunch of veggies yeah 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 there was a groundhog that was eating his veggies and he is pissed oh, about damn it. it did he eat the groundhog let me finish the <laughs> fucking story my bad my bad so he said <laughs> He set up a humane trap, right? One of uh-huh. those that you can catch an animal humanely and not kill it. Yeah. Just so that he could personally skin it and Szechuan style roast it. That's fucking fucked up, dude. <laughs> <laughs> no, what's fucked up is when Deb showed me a picture of the groundhog in the crate. That he so what did he, like, did he kill it with and a he hammer? Said, he said, he said, motherfucker's been eating my veggies so now i'm gonna eat him the next picture we got or deb got i should say was a picture of this groundhog skinned on the dining room table jesus christ dude that was dark <laughs> it was hey, delicious though she brought the leftovers to work the next day <laughs> fuck that hey, hey speaking of dark dude let's talk about terminator Dark fate. Dark fate. Now, I'll tell you one thing about me. I don't get jealous of my friends. You know, it's not like that's not my personality. Uh, I always I want my friends to be happy and have great uh, lives and careers and whatever. But I remember when uh, when you were leaving Nashville to fly to Madrid to go to the set of Terminator Dark Fate with one of my favorite movie stars of all time, Arnold Schwarzenegger, and also Linda Ham- Lindel Ham- I would say her name wrong. You Linda said that three times. Hamilton. Now. I would say Linda. Linda Hamilton. Anyway, man, I was so <laughs> fucking jealous. Oh man, I couldn't even see straight. I was just like, Zach gets to go work on a Terminator movie. I've been a fan of Terminator, uh, dude. Terminator Two was like my, when Terminator I was a kid. Movie? That was like my favorite Terminator fucking movie. In Spain and yeah. Hungary. You got to go. Well, yeah, you, where'd you go? You went to. Madrid, Spain. You went to Hungary, didn't you? Go to Amsterdam too? Like, no, I was trying to. I was well. I was trying to go visit Amsterdam. I think I told you, but I didn't get to do that. I spent so I spent three weeks in Madrid, two weeks. And actually, the cool thing about Madrid, my mom was actually on a Spanish trip, so I got to hang out with my mom in Madrid and go see Guernica, the famous Pablo Picasso painting, and the Reina Sofia. Cool. That was amazing. Um, but yeah, I spent three weeks in Madrid, two weeks in Murcia, which is um, closer to the coast, uh, uh, right on the Mediterranean, kind of where the inlet is of the Mediterranean. Does that make sense? On the uh, it Pampa. would if I had uh, if I knew geography, but <laughs> I, I know what inland means. 
Well, it's like it's like where the where the Mediterranean kind of goes in. It's almost like a bay, but it's like more whatever. Anyway, it was I'm on the coast. Go Percy was cool. Fucking, uh, and then I went and spent a month in Budapest, Hungary, oh, which cool. was fucking beautiful. Um, I got to go in. I got to go in the. Um, what is it? Uh, the fuck. What do they call where you keep prisoners? Uh, dungeons. A jail? Oh, a dungeon. I got to go in the dungeons where they kept Vlad the Impaler for the last fourteen years of his life. Holy and shit! Vlad the Impaler is a real person. Yeah, dude. He's know. who they based Dracula off of. I thought he was made up for Dracula. No. <laughs> <laughs> No, Vlad the Impaler was an actual person, and that's where the Dracula myth comes from. Is is uh, Budapest near Transylvania? Negative. Well, yeah, actually, kind of is. It's yeah, yeah, it's near there. It's Eastern Europe. It's a little northish. I don't remember. I'm bad at geography too. <laughs> dude, like like when I said we're gonna learn a lot in this podcast episode. Like, we're dude, learning we're learning a lot about not only being a chef, but we're learning geography. <laughs> Budapest know, is a whole, place and it's near yeah. Transylvania where Dracula is from and Vlad the Impaler is a, also history Vlad the Impaler is a real person yeah dude and uh, so the the it, it was in the fucking dungeons underneath a Buddha castle and the tour is totally sensory deprivated so like I couldn't even see like this far in front of my face and for those who can't see me it's uh, like not even an inch away from my face I couldn't oh, yeah. even see my hand. It was just blackout, and it was really cool. Oh, but, dude, I, I don't want to interrupt you, but actually, I just went and did that. Uh, so for Christmas, I got a uh, gift certificate to go to one of those uh, sensory deprivation tanks. Oh, the float tanks? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It was pretty gnarly, dude. It was like, so you're in there for <clears throat> like a long time. It's uh, like 90 minutes. Yeah. And like, it's crazy because it's like you can't see anything or hear anything. And you're floating, so it's like you kind of can't really feel anything either. Yeah. Uh, it was boring as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my, homie, my homie Davis loves those. Uh, yeah, people do. I was just like, I don't know. Like, it was uh, like yeah. Five minutes in, I was like, oh, man, I have to like think about something for like another Jesus. hour and a half. So can I put on some music or something? No, that's like the whole but, point. Is you're supposed to like not. Just, I think you're supposed to meditate. But. Yeah, and I can feel that. I'm still learning about the med. I'm still. I'm. I don't know. I just started meditating recently. I never did before, no. but um, been trying to figure it out. Man, um, but I want to be a meditator, but I don't like. I don't get it. it just it's just like being bored. Yeah, I don't. My my brain works too fast. I think. Hold up! It's time for an ad. Coming this season on the Food Channel, it's Purgatory Kitchen. You stupid motherfuckers, these scallops are rubber. Gilbert Clancy is here to teach these wannabe chefs that cooking is only for special people. And if you do something wrong, you deserve scorn and ridicule. Here's my grilled cheese sandwich, chef. This looks like beef. You're a worthless piece of shit. Oh, I hate you. <laughs> I tried my best. Chef Clancy, this recipe has been in my family for generations. Fuck this recipe and fuck your family. This is Purgatory Kitchen, you sniveling little rat. 
This is a dog's dinner. Coming this season on the Food Channel, Purgatory Kitchen with Chef Gilbert Glancy. Now back to the interview. Um, but I want to get back to what you're asking about working on Terminator Dark Fate. Oh, yeah. That's, um, sorry, my bad. No, no, no. You're cool. Um, trying to, uh, we could fucking talk for hours. Like, how many times have we been on the back porch talking about nonsense forever? Um, True. <laughs> All right. But, right. Back um, to Terminator so Dark just, Fate. Also, by the way, man, that was a good Terminator movie. I hadn't, like, like they do good ones and bad ones. And that was a good one, in my opinion. I haven't even seen it yet. What? You worked on it and you didn't watch it? Oh, dude. It's great. I know. My name's in the credits probably, too. And uh, Linda Hamilton, like, it's great she to have. Like, I don't think she was in any of the... She, so she wasn't in... I watch all the fucking Terminator movies, dude. That's why I was pissed that you got to get... She was only in the first two. Yeah, she was only in the first two. And then she was in this uh, most recent one. Yeah, so she's a fucking sweetheart. Um, she lives... Well, I probably shouldn't say that. Um, don't tell them where Linda Hamilton lives. <laughs> she lives somewhere that I'm really familiar with down off the bayou. I'll put it that way. And um, she's super cool. Uh, was just super nice. She would come up and smiling and talk to me. Gabriel Luna, also super nice. He would come around playing his guitar. Um, and of course, like all the, well, we were basically feeding, um, all of the grip workers, all the tech crews and all that jazz. So I met a lot of cool people that, that worked on the film, uh, more so than the actors. But yeah. Linda Hamilton and Gabriel Luna were always coming by saying hi. Um, but then obviously we were the favorite people because everybody's hungry and wants food. So they were very nice to us. <laughs> cool. Yeah, what a great spot to be in, man. Yeah, it was fucking dope, man. I I I was I was gonna move back to Spain. I think I told you. Yeah, um, man. But then all this COVID bullshit happened. DJ COVID. DJ COVID. I know. Like uh, we're like locked in the U.S. right now, man. Yeah, dude. Yeah. We're not allowed uh, anywhere. No, I know. <laughs> uh, can, yeah. Man, I gotta be honest with you, dude. We are coming very close to the lightning round. Oh, but before shit. we get there, I did want to bring up uh, one other thing that's just kind of like a, a you and me thing that we got to do. Uh, okay. And we used to live on the same street together. And you were a chef, and we threw some uh, amazing cookouts. I mean, I, I felt like they, some of them were epic as dude. fuck. Oh, um, man, I miss those days, dude. I always felt like I was kind of like the master of ceremonies. You were kind of like the head chef. But you well, were like... I, I can buy that. Uh, but it was cool because like you would you would invite like you had your own circle of people and I had my own people and like so we'd invite like uh like for cookouts it was pretty cool for party like it was like it was like a party but it was like about food yeah I remember uh, so many good stories man but uh there was one in particular I, you took like a an entire pig <laughs> you didn't get like pork you like got an entire in, whole pig's body and then you dug a a hole in the backyard and i don't know why you did that i don't so know much trouble for that <laughs> uh, <laughs> with the landlords yeah <laughs> so yeah you dug this giant hole and then put a pig's body in it i don't know if like you lit it on fire i don't really know how you did it man but cooked it <laughs> so what i did was i dug a pit that was about three feet deep and i took some cinder blocks um and kind of framed put them around the ditch and my homie 
that raises cattle. You know Craig, right? You remember Craig? Mm, probably. Maybe oh, big, yeah, 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 yeah. Anyway, yeah, he, you know, his family raises cattle, so he had some extra, like, cattle fencing. And so he brought me that that I use as a, as a grill grate, right? You know, I put that on top of the center box, built my fire underneath it, and splayed the pig out over it, um, put two sheet pans over the pig, and just kind of had to manage the fire. And it, I want to say it took about 12 hours. I was yeah. up at, like, the crack acid. Like, I dug the pit the day before, and I was up at the crack acid dawn to fucking uh, start roasting. Yeah, it was about a 70 pound. It wasn't a like giant pig, you know, it was like a 70 pounder. Yeah. Like baby pig. Hey, there you Gross. go, vegans, for all Man, the more the gonna be evil bummed, things dude. that chefs do. <laughs> I'm roasting <laughs> baby pigs. <laughs> Damn it, man. I didn't know it was a baby pig. Because, you know, what I did is I, uh, it's probably like I two got, years old. <laughs> I, got, I got really drunk at that cookout and I took its head because. It was there, <laughs> and I, you, <laughs> I and I used it as a puppet, and I would, and I was chasing people around. <laughs> people were so mad at you. Oh, dude, that. I don't know how many. I, I've pissed a lot of people off in my life, but I like in one day making people just <laughs> straight up hate me was the day that I took that dude. pig's head and put it on my hand and I ran around uh, making it talk to people. Laughing. People were so not stoked on that. But you know what? Uh, at that same party, like I actually somehow ended up not being the biggest asshole because I don't even remember this, but there was that one dude and nobody knew uh, where he came from. Oh yeah, the fucking big, uh, big dude and like uh, so one of your buddies. So like, like I said, it's one of those things where like who was that? Well, nobody fucking knows, man. But he showed up with a uh, so. I mean, actually, I know who eventually admitted to saying they invited him, but nobody. Well, knew no, because somebody got mad at you thinking it was you being the asshole, but I had to correct him and say no, it wasn't Doug. It was the fucking other guy. Why would anybody think I was him? Anyway, <laughs> you were, well, you were both wearing blue shirts, is what it was. Okay, yeah. Anyway, he was and kind of a big a guy. Similar build. Well, I remember he was. He was. Fuck you. <laughs> no, I'm just, that wasn't an insult. Yeah, no. Was, I mean, okay. Anyway, both, he was like, kind of a stocky guy. Yeah, he's kind of stocky guy. And, uh, but no, it came up at work later and like Megan, my pastry chef at the time, Megan Williams, shout out, love her. Um, she was like, who was your asshole friend thinking it was you? And I was like, I can't remember what he did, but I was like, Doug wouldn't do that. That wasn't Doug. And I figured it out because y'all were both wearing blue shirts that y'all got, people got y'all confused. What did he do? I can't remember. Well, uh, I mean... The rundown is one of your friends brought moonshine, like a, like legit for real moonshine that you okay. really shouldn't you shouldn't have more than a sip of. You really just honestly, do I don't that think that I would have ran out with the pig head on hand <laughs> if I hadn't had some of that moonshine. That shit is that's like makes people act like they're on the craziest drugs and it's really just alcohol, but like the power of it. And this dude, this random fucking dude, like was like chugging that moonshine and then just lost his mind. And he was pissing everybody off. And I remember he goes, he goes like this. He goes, King Kong ain't got nothing on me, motherfucker. And, oh, yeah. He was and I remember, I remember thinking, I was like, I was pissed at him. But at the same time, I was like, man, that's a pretty cool thing to say. And no, then I realized later, else, he stole that shit from fucking uh, training day with uh, yeah, Denzel Washington. Yeah, yeah, that was training day. That was Denzel. Yeah. My man Denzel. All right, man. We have gone so far off track <laughs> <laughs> i hope that people uh 
uh, at home learned some shit today, but I feel like we mostly just caught up on some shit. All right, man. You ready for lightning round? Let's let's do lightning round. In the lightning round today, we will be doing best and worst. Are you ready? I think you're gonna win. I think you're gonna win. I have a I have a strong. I don't know, man. I'm bad at games. All right. Best (laughs) restaurant you've ever eaten at. Oh fuck! Uh, I don't know the name of it. It's in Filiatsule, Italy. All right, you heard it here first, folks. Go to someplace in Italy yeah. and find it's that it's restaurant. Fiatale. I can't remember the name of the restaurant, but yeah, but you're doing it right now. Actually, it's uh, it's all gut reactions. Don't think, man. All right, worst restaurant you've ever eaten at? McDonald's. McDonald's? Yeah, fuck McDonald's. <laughs> all right, best vegetable. Zucchini. No, that's false. God damn it. I'm not ready for a lightning round. You're ready, man. You're already in it. You Uh, don't have time to back out now. Tomatoes. No, that's a fruit. Fuck. Rhubarb. God damn it. You're going to be the first person to lose the lightning round. I know. I told you. (laughs) All right. Worst vegetable. questions. (laughs) (laughs) What is the worst vegetable, man? (laughs) Uh, There's no bad vegetable. I'm going to say that's probably incorrect, but (laughs) moving (laughs) on, uh, best cooking show. It doesn't exist. Okay. Worst cooking show. All of them. Best cuisine. And by that, I can, you can say like, uh, Mexican food. What? Mediterranean. Mediterranean. All right, cool. Worst cuisine. American. Best dish you've ever cooked? That nogi shit I was talking about earlier. Dope. Worst dish you've ever cooked? Uh, fucking tacos. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Best advice a chef has ever given you? Um, don't do it again. Cool. Can, you, can we get some kind of like context or no? Nah? Uh, yeah, I mean, it's basically make the same mistake twice. Damn it. Are you there? Yeah, man. Sorry, my buddy was calling me. I put it on Do Not Disturb. You can edit that out, though. That fucker. Um, Does he not know that we're doing My Views on My Own podcast, the greatest podcast ever? I'll call him back in a minute. Anyway, sorry. You can, like, anyway, what, what was the question? Oh, I got distracted. Uh, it was best advice a chef's ever given you. Then I asked for oh, context. don't do it again. So think <laughs> about it. Think about it. Like if you fucking break something, don't do it again. If you burn something, don't do it again. If you are irresponsible with your technique, don't do it again. And it's pretty simple, but it's uh, very applicable, I think. And the worst advice a chef has ever given you? Fuck off. All right, Actually, that could be good, too. I don't know. The worst advice the chef's ever given me has probably been um, telling me how to do something that I already know how to do. Like, okay, for instance, there's this pizza place I worked at. And the uh, quote-unquote chef was telling me to prepare the broccoli broth. And I said, what would you like me to do with it? You want me to just blanch it? And he said, no. I want you to bring a pot of water up to boil. And then just real quick, drop it in for about 30 seconds, pull it back out, make sure it's tender, and then cool it. And I said, so 
you don't want me to play and shit. And he said, no. And he repeated himself. And I just said, okay, and walked off on his ass because that's what blanching is. But this fucking asshole didn't even know what what it means to blanch something. I'm going to be honest. I don't know what it means to blanch something either, but I'm not a head chef of a restaurant, so it's not my responsibility. Well, you should know because I know you know how to cook. Uh, yeah, I make the dopest casserole I think anyone has ever made. I've, honestly, my casserole is so fucking delicious. I, I feel like I'm, I feel like I'm <laughs> lighting around. All right, no, you're not. Not you. Still have one more question, man, and a lot of points actually go into this last one. Okay. All right. Best podcast that interviews chefs. Um, my views are my own. That's correct, man. And as a matter of fact, that last question was worth ninety points. So even though you actually did not do very good in the first episode, <laughs> you did extremely well on the last one, and you are the winner! Yay! I right. won. I was so scared I was going to lose. I was going to go <laughs> punch myself in the balls. All right, this has been kind of a bizarre, a bizarre episode. Uh, <laughs> but it's episode 10, and I feel like we should be able to celebrate and have some fucking fun. Dude, and fucking thank you so much. I, it's a big honor. I appreciate you having me on here for this. Oh, dude, you know what I've, I've never done on this podcast yet? What? I've never said at the end. I've never told people they should uh, like and subscribe and share, which I think most people say at the end of their podcast. Uh, do you want to say it for me? I think everyone needs to like, subscribe, and jerk off to this podcast. Awesome. And uh, also share it with a friend. <laughs> and share it with a friend. Yeah, absolutely. Zach, I got to say, I learned a lot. <laughs> And I want to say thank you for coming on the show, man. Dude, thank you, Doug. I love you so much. Love you too, man.